0: Well, you know, um, we finished up two weeks ago talking about uh, our priorities and how important it is to have godly and biblical priorities in your home and with your family. And we take our cues from the creation story, we take our cues from the order that we see God doing things. And so that's where we come up with this list, priority one being our relationship with God. We've already talked about that. Priority two, and this is the one we're on, relationship with your spouse. Then priority three, your children. Priority four, your church commitment and connection. Priority five, then comes your career, perhaps your education, depending on your age, and your ministry. Now, we list these in this order on purpose. We don't just throw them all in a sack and see how they come out. But we see that our relationship with God is first because that's the first thing God established with man was a relationship with himself. And so there's nobody in your life more important than God. If there's anybody that is more important than God, then you are an idolater. And uh, your idol is uh, uh, never going to be able to do for you what God can do. Amen. And so we don't uh, talk about worshiping people. We don't worship the ground they walk on. Amen. Uh, God can send us someone, but he sent them. So he is still number one. Amen. And then number two comes the relationship with his spouse. How do we get that as being number two? Because that's the next thing God did for man. He gave him a wife. He gave him a wife. He gave her a husband before he gave them children. And, and so we see that order. And anything you get out of the order that God has established, it's out of order.
1: Mm-hmm. It causes trouble. It will
0: cause trouble. It
1: causes problems. It will cause
0: a problem. If your children come ahead of your spouse, if you're in a lot of disagreement with your spouse and you kind of, as we say, side with the kids and you don't develop the relationship with the spouse, that, that stuff's out of order and it will create lots and lots of problems. If uh, your career is first and foremost above your family and above your children And above your connection to the church, then it's out of order, and it will cause a lot of problems. And the whole goal in life is not making money. Money's necessary, and God has biblical ways for us to increase. And those things do need to be taught, they need to be learned, and the principles need to be practiced. But our first priority is not making money. Our first priority is not building a business. Our first priority is not advancing a career. Our first priority is God. And then if we're married, it's our spouse. And if you're not married, then let me say this about this thing of priorities. You don't want to marry somebody that can't be the next person under God in your life. If you can't leave mama, then you're not ready to be married. If you can't leave Daddy, you're not ready to be married. And parents, we have to be careful that we don't insert ourselves into places where we shouldn't and and get help to uh, contribute to the delinquency of the minors, of the children, <laughs> and get them out of whack. Amen. I'm sorry. Hey, go, man, now, you go man, ahead.
1: Uh, you know, uh, Jesus came that we would have an abundant life. That's what he said. He said, I, come, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And so that's exactly what he wants for us. And so everything that we need to know, uh, the Bible has the answer for those things. And so as Christians, that's what we purpose to do is to pattern our life and to live our life the way uh, the Bible says for us to live. And one verse that came to my mind uh, was Psalms 34:12, and it says, "To seek peace and pursue it." You know, wh- wherever you find conflict, there's an answer in God's word. And if you'll seek Him and seek peace, then uh, our lives would be so much, much better. All, everything we need to know about life is in his word. And the Bible says, if we seek, that we will find. Amen. You know, there's so much um, uh, information around nowadays that is not biblical. You know, and uh, how important it is to have your children come to the house of the Lord from the time that they're uh, in your womb. You know, it's already been proven that they can hear, you know, that uh, they respond. You know, you can see ultrasounds of little babies jumping around, you know, praising, you know, with uh, music going, worship music. So it's so important that they start learning inside the womb and that they have, Uh, developed a lifestyle you know the alternatives are not very good like um, it's very a society now is very humanistic me 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 Mm -hmm. what feels good what I what I like that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna make me happy well um as I've said before, the way up is down. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to, uh, uh, if you want to be happy, truly happy, then uh, submit yourself under God and care for someone else. Put them first, and and you will be blessed. So we don't seek after humanistic ways. We seek after God's way, which is abundant life. He wants you blessed. And if you'll follow his word, you will be blessed. Seek peace and pursue it.
0: Amen. So tonight, we want to camp out for a little while about on this second priority, your relationship with your spouse, and actually begin to talk about the biblical roles of the husband and the wife. And I'll give you a warning up front. This is old-fashioned. This is not going to be... a woke version of marriage. This is going to be uh, a a biblical uh, viewpoint. And I may, and Glenna may, say some things that you might think sounds a little old-timey and maybe outdated, but please don't throw away what we're going to present to you. And think about it and pray over it, because remember, we are doing our best. All of us, I hope, are doing our best To go back to the Word and see what God says about it. Mm -hmm. Because He's right. He's Mm -hmm. right. And He knows what He's talking about. So um, we're going to talk first about, uh, uh, well we're going to talk a little bit about both. But um, we're certainly going to emphasize the role of the wife because... You know, women need straightened out more than men no. <laughs> I'm just joking, I'm just He's not joking. Pursuing, Valentine's I'll just Day is him over Now <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. But I want to start with a scripture we've looked at a number of times already, and I think this is se- se- session number eight. Uh, but Genesis 2:18 says, "And the Lord God said it is not good that the man should be alone. So we know that for most people Having a spouse is best. I know that there are some folks who, uh, you know, make a decision not to go that route. And that's fine if that's what you and the Lord want to do. That's fine. But for most people, they're going to find their greatest fulfillment and completion in marriage. And that's what marriage really is. It's the completion of the individual. It's the completion of the man to have a wife. It's the completion of a woman to have a a husband in most all cases. And um, so he said, it's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet or fitting for him.
1: The Amplified Bible says, it's not su- sufficient or satisfactory
0: that, that the man, man should, should be alone. alone. And so that's that's what God said. So that desire that's in the heart of individuals to have that closeness of a relationship that marriage brings, that is a normal, natural thing that was put in you from the Lord. And so, uh, I have a couple of things, and then we'll we'll be uh, going into some different aspects. But um, first, I want to say, for wives, uh, it's important, husbands and wives both, to learn that that part of our ministry is ministering to each other. <laughs> My ministry at home is different than my ministry here. Uh, at home, I'm a husband first before I'm a pastor. There have been a few times over the years when I've had something to say to Glenda that I really felt like was the Lord leading me, and so I would say to her that I'm, you know, anyway, that was my intention to say it as a, as her pastor even more than her husband. But most of the time that's not the case. We have to learn to minister to each other. Mm-hmm. We have to learn how to respond to the needs and even the, the wishes and desires of each other. Uh, one of the first needs, for instance, uh, that a man has is respect. Respect. Uh, when you think about shame... You think about disgrace. You think about guilt. You think about a guilty conscience. You think about the feelings of inferiority, uh, the, the feelings of inadequacy. None of those emotions are good for anybody. But they are especially devastating to men. Because men by their nature and men by the created order of God were created to a degree to lead Men were not created to be subservient. And in that I'm not referring to the fact either that a woman is chattel, she's a piece of property and she just should be the slave of a man. That's not what I'm talking about either. But I'm saying that men by their nature were created to accomplish. They were created to conquer to a certain degree. Adam was told to take dominion. And of course Eve was included in that. Mm -hmm. But the picture God had was that they together would do this. Amen. With the man as the primary leader in the family. That's where we get to that old-fashioned stuff. A lot of people don't uh, think that's really important. But according to God, it, it is important. And so that means that one of the first needs that a man has that a wife can minister to is respect. Which going back to the singles issue, if you are uh, interested in someone that you don't truly and significantly respect them for who they are and what they do for their plans and their purposes. If you don't respect them, your, your, your marriage, if you get married, will never be what it ought to be. There's a really good chance that you're going to have lots of problems, and it may not last.
1: Amen. You know, you don't stay the same. You know, you may um, be physically attracted to someone, and I would, I would say to you, please don't try to find someone ugly. But, <laughs> 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 but um, you know, things change. They don't stay the same. Right. You know. Um, You can nip, and you can tuck, and you can exercise, and you can do different things, but you're going to get old, and you're going to look different than you do now. If you live longer, uh, things are going to change, and so there has to be something there that is deeper than just a superficial relationship.
0: Amen. Gravity is real. <laughs>
1: I'll
0: just say that. So you want, to, you want to first of all have those things internally that are lasting. And as I said, one of the greatest needs of a man is to be respected by his wife. And part of a wife's ministry is to show honor. Now, you know, I know maybe your mind's going to all kinds of different places. You know, what about the man? What about... Well, you know, we're going to get to the man. And I've already said about three or four sessions ago that most marriage problems are rooted with the man or the lack of a man. You know, to be male is a matter of birth. To be a man of God is a choice to be a doer of the word and to be led by the spirit. And so most marital problems are traced back to uh, the man, his decisions, or his, you, know, his actions or lack of actions, or what we might say sometimes, the lack of being a man. You know, a, a wife can bear children. she doesn't want to marry one. Amen. And so it's very important that that uh, in a marriage relationship, the man is worthy, if I can use that term, of respect and worthy of honor. If you as a wife will respect and pay honor, show honor, and I don't mean bow down when he walks in the room, you know, and all that kind of stuff, but I'm saying if you truly will honor and respect your husbands, that's one of the greatest Things that you can do for his emotions, one of the greatest things you can do for his, his own self-image, one of the greatest things you can do to keep him happy. And of course there are other things but, uh, but that is very, very important because as Glenna said time will make changes, situations will change as time goes along and at the end of the day, at the end of life at the end of a many, many, many years of being married uh, one of the things that you will be able to know that has kept you together is if the man has been an honorable man, and a man worthy of respect.
1: Man, a godly man.
0: Amen. Amen. And then the husbands.
1: Well, can I read? Uh, can I read that amplified you, version of Genesis
0: two? You may read.
1: Thank you, dear. <laughs> now I shall read. Uh, the amplified. Uh, version of Genesis 2 18 says, Now the Lord God said, It is not good, sufficient, satisfactory that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper, meet, or suitable, adapted, complementary to for him. So that's how that's that's how a wife that's her role to be suitable an adaptable, she's his helper. Right. And men need a lot of help.
0: I would agree. I would agree with that 100%. And also, there is another aspect to that. You only need help if you're doing something. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that ain't doing nothing, he, that's a terrible grammar, but you he, he don't need any help to sit on the couch and watch TV. You don't need any help. You know, to, to well, I could go to a lot of things there, but we, we shouldn't maybe do that. Uh, so that's kind of the initial thing about the wives, and we'll get to more details about it. Now we want to look at the husbands, and let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. you want to look at that in your Amplified Bible? Let's see if it gives us some extra light okay, that we uh, won't get maybe from the King James. 1 Peter 3, 7? 3 and 7, yes. First Peter chapter 3, verse number 7, I'll read first from the King James. It says, likewise ye husbands, dwell with them, and that's talking about the wives, according to knowledge. So there is a knowledge to be learned about how to properly live with a wife. And there are two places that we need to learn that, the house of God and your own father's house. Father's part of our job is to teach our sons how to live with a woman according to knowledge. You don't beat women. Amen. You don't berate women. You Amen. do not uh, talk ugly to women. You do not make fun of them. You do not use sarcasm to try to, uh, to put them down, and especially in front of your children. Amen. Sarcasm
1: is just a veiled insult.
0: Perhaps. <laughs> we won't argue about that here Okay. likewise you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge giving honor unto the wife so here we're beginning to see the role of the man, the husband giving honor unto the wife so anything that's dishonorable you should never give or say or do toward your wife Especially where your children would see it or hear it. Husbands who berate and belittle, make fun of, and cut down their wives in front of their sons particularly. Uh Are training their sons to do the same thing in the next generation. And you see that again and again. Children
1: believe what you tell them.
0: They believe what you tell them and they doubly believe what you do. So if you don't have any good things to say about your wife, you can be assured your son, if you have a son and he someday grows up and wants to, you know, to find a wife, he's going to treat her much the same way.
1: And they won't respect their mother either.
0: No, if you 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 know, kids only respect what you teach them to respect. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from them. And so there are things that come with a kid that just come with the fallen nature. And until they are born again for themselves, and until they are grown and fully trained to be an adult, it's our job to train them how to do this. And so they're just going to know what we teach them. There may have been a time and a generation or two ago when people depended on the school system to do a lot of that for them. That's out the window. Uh, Sometimes sending your kids to school can be the worst place in the world for them to be. I'm not saying that's true about every classroom. I'm not saying that's true about every school or every teacher. I'm just saying, generally speaking, what we see in our country today, uh, we cannot count on, on anybody that's what we might say, official minders to really do the job.
1: And going back to the fact that church is where these children can be trained and be taught, I so appreciate being a a young person that uh, had many godly examples around me in the church that I went to. You know, people that, um, that... loved their spouses and treated them properly and you know it It was vital to me to see something other than what was going on just in my house and so uh you cannot estimate the value of having your children in church and having them taught godly principles not to cheat not to lie not to steal uh uh, not to murder, you know. These things have to be taught to small children.
0: They're a blank slate. I mean, you know, a blank uh, uh, canvas, you might say. And it's the parent's job to p- paint the picture. And, and so you say, well, what does that have to do with how we treat each other as husband and wife? It has tons to do with that. It does. Because they're there every day. They're seeing what you say and hearing uh, hearing what you say, and seeing what you do. And all of this is so vital to us. And so it says, 1 Peter 3, 7, Likewise ye husbands dwell with him according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. And that's not the end of the statement. It says, as unto the weaker vessel. So it's kind of like we honor men, honor women, in some ways for the exact opposite of things that a woman might honor a man. No woman wants a weak, wimpy man, an undecisive uh, sissy of a man. A real woman wants a real man. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But a man wants a real woman to honor. I'm glad Glenna can't lift a bag of concrete. See that next. <laughs> I'm glad she can't lay blocks. I don't expect her to go up on the roof. I mean, I'm not even going up on the roof. I don't expect her to. But I want to honor her. I want to honor her. And that's what we're told to do. Honor the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And that's only talking about in a physical sense. It's 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 not talking about the woman has less intelligence or... Uh, she's less uh, a spiritual person. As a matter of fact, you can find many cases <laughs> where that's that's just totally untrue, where th- many times the woman is the more spiritual person, and even sometimes the wiser person, and which makes us come to that statement. We've heard many, many times, men, where would we be without our wives? We'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> or the Garden of Eden, one of the two, you could choose. But... Uh, <laughs> No, we'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> so we give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together. And I know we've talked about some of this before, That's but hard. we've just got to get this done properly so we can get this in our heart. We're heirs together of the grace of life. So, in other words, when we come to church and God looks down upon us, we have different responsibilities because of the different roles we fulfill at home. But before the Lord, We are two spirit beings that are responsible to him and we are responsible to grow, to to live the life the way that we're supposed to live. Mm -hmm. So we have to remember that, that the role of the man and the woman are different, but when they both come together,
1: Complimentary We're complementary
0: and completing of each other.
1: Amen. You want me to read them? Yes, please. Okay. It says, In the same way you married men should live considerately with your wives, with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation, honoring the woman as, the, as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are joint heirs of the grace... God's unmerited favor. The grace of life is God's unmerited favor. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful for His unmerited favor, for His grace? When we miss it, we can back up, we can Amen. get it straight, do it, have a retake. Amen. God's unmerited favor in life, in order that your prayers may not be hindered or cut off. See, that, 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 yeah. that's one of the
0: great keys that a lot of times I think is, uh, that's missed uh, when people kind of run up against a wall, spiritually speaking. We don't often think about it, but we really need to. When we get into a place where it looks like things just aren't working, our prayer, is, our prayer life is not working like we know it should, and our spiritual life isn't producing like we know it should, I think one of the things that we need to realize is everybody that's married needs to realize am I am I taking am I care honoring? of this am
1: I, taking... am
0: I honoring my wife am I am I living together as heirs of God I don't want my prayers to be hindered and you see this seething anger animosity this uh, passive aggressive type stuff you know where you're really holding grudges and you're, you're thinking about things that they said a year ago, eighteen months ago, or eighteen years ago, and you never got over this, never got over that. Whether it's the man or the woman, either Amen. of those situations, you're gonna, you're you never gonna, no, man. you're never gonna go spiritually where you want to go if you're, if you're married, if if you are not handling your marriage right. Now, let me say this before you go on. I tell you, you want to say I something? I do. I have a story, and that that is. The other person, there will be times in every marriage where the other person is ticked off. (laughs) They're not doing what maybe they should do. There are going to be times when they're not doing at least what you want them to do. But that's no excuse for us if if we're in the situation where we feel like, well, you know, I'm not being treated right. This isn't working right. They're not doing right. That's no excuse for me to get ugly. That's no excuse for me to retaliate. I've got to do my part here because if I'm going to get this settled, I'm going to probably have to pray my way through this, and I'm going to need to pray for them, and I don't need my prayers entered. Now, this is not uh, as easy to do as it is for me to say it, but it is doable if you choose.
1: Uh, uh, Let me uh, tell the story that came to mind when when you were talking about that, I heard Dodie Osteen tell a story about, uh, one time John got upset with her and he was giving her the silent treatment. He wouldn't talk to her. He just, you know, clammed up and he just was not going to say anything to Dodie. And so she put up with it for a while. And, uh, One day she hid behind the door, and when he came through the door, she jumped on his back, (laughs) and she said, I'm not letting go. I'm not going to let go until we get this thing straight. (laughs) So (laughs) whatever you have to do, get it right. Amen? Amen. Amen. Finally, this is verse 8, Finally, all of you should be of one and the same mind, United in spirit. If you can come together in the Holy Ghost, you're going to have peace and joy. Amen? Amen. Sympathizing with one another. Loving each other as brethren of one household. Compassionate and courteous. tender-hearted and humble. Never returning evil for evil or insult for insult scolding or tongue-lashing or berating, but on the contrary, blessing, praying for their welfare, happiness, and protection. Isn't that good advice? Amen. Speak encouraging words. Give assistance and give aid. Amen.
0: Let's go down through these three things just quickly. we got to move. Mm-hmm. And so won't you take that one and I'll take that one.
1: Ministering to your husband, helping them accomplish their purpose, is a great joy to a wife, isn't it? Don't you enjoy seeing your husband be uh, successful and accomplishing what is in his heart to do, offering aid and comfort to him? Amen. It's a joy.
0: And that's the old-fashioned way, you know, but uh, it... it uh produces great results in the long term. Husbands ministering to your wife, um, if a wife ministers to us in a number of ways, but one of those ways is helping us to accomplish our purpose. Not saying they don't have a purpose. Not right. saying they can't pursue their purpose. And, and you've got to come to agreement on these things. You know, if both, both spouses are working uh, jobs that take you out of the home, or even if you're working in home but you've got uh, hourly obligations. There has to be understanding of how this is going to work. Uh, that brings us really to to this one here, the delegation of duties. Um, uh, who's going to do what? You know? Who is going to empty the garbage? Who Who is going to clean the toilet? Who's going to clean the tub? Who's going to cook? Who's going to buy the groceries? Who's going to uh, Take care of the cars and make sure that they're serviced and ready to run. Who's going to uh, Who's going to do the taxes? I mean, it's that time of the year again. <laughs> you know, who's going to take care of all those records? Who's going to dig up all the receipts? Who's going to do all this stuff? Um, you need to talk about these things.
1: You certainly need to talk about it before you enter a marriage covenant. You
0: do, and if you're already married, it might be a good thing when everybody's in a good mood. <laughs> And the trash is emptied and the car is running, <laughs> there's groceries in the refrigerator, it might be a good time to just sit down and say, well, you know, how are we going to, what are we going to do? Can, you know, will this work? And talk about things. Amen. And guys and gals, you know, don't, don't get locked into the way that somebody else does right. it or my mom did it this way, right. my dad, you know, that's not it at all. It's what, what's going to work for you.
1: I heard, this, I heard this husband say the other day, I was listening to some things on marriage, and I heard this husband say that he decided he was going to get him a wife that was submitted. He said, and I did get one. She submits the receipts. She submits the, the desire for the car to be washed. She, <laughs> she submits was submissive.
0: All kinds of things, yes. <laughs> So it's really important because if you take things for granted and then it doesn't get done and you've not communicated about it, don't get angry. Because if people don't know what you want, then they're not going to know what you want. And also, uh, just because you want things a certain way may not mean it's going to be that way. You know, Glenn and I are very, very different and so we found one of the keys to a good marriage is having two cars. It's having two bathrooms.
1: Two closets.
0: Two closets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to do what works. And um, So anyway, we won't go much this further is on such that
1: one. This a, such a good thing that you mentioned about uh, providing security. I didn't mention that. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. (laughs) Well, may I mention, husbands (laughs) providing security is such an important thing in a house, (laughs) in a family, that the husband is the protector.
0: Yes, amen. (laughs) Uh, uh, You know, uh, locks, doors that actually close and lock, that the car is safe, that you're not running around on bald tires and some you know, jalopy thing that, that she's afraid she's going to end up by the side of the road. And, and uh, you know, the equipment needs to work.
1: Yes, it does.
0: You know, It doesn't need to be smoke coming out of stuff that's not supposed <laughs> to smoke and all that kind of thing. Guarding is a man's responsibility. When when God put Adam in the garden, it was one of his primary duties to guard. That's why Adam, Paul tells Timothy, was not deceived in the transgression. Eve was, Adam wasn't. You can read that in Paul's writings to Timothy. Because Adam's job from the beginning was to guard. So the devil should have never been allowed in there. And we make all those jokes about, like I did tonight, about where would we be without women? Well, we'd be in the Garden of Eden. Uh, the real truth is Adam sold us up the river, or down the river, whichever direction, down the river. He, he's the one who, with his eyes wide open, made that choice. And so um, men, there are certain things we are to do. We are to uh, guide. We are to guard. And we are to govern. And if we do that in the fear of the Lord and in the knowledge of the word and we do it in faith and we do it in the love of God. Then a godly woman and the children that are born to you and your, your spouse will, will be able to function. Because you're not a dictator, you're not a tyrant, you're just guiding, guarding and governing. You're not a dictator but you are a leader. Can you say amen? amen. amen. That's so great. that's very, very important. Let's close with this one. Well, this is a good one. Uh, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it?
1: On uh, First 1 Corinthians 7.15.
0: <laughs> All right, I will. 1 Corinthians 7. Okay, I found it. One through five? Yes. Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, that is sexual sin outside of marriage, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. I'm reading from the King James. That means have intimate relations with your wife. And likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body. And it doesn't stop there. But the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. The old King James uses the word defraud. That means uh, to withhold. Defraud ye not one the other except it be with consent for a time. In other words, this is not permanent. That you may give yourselves, and this is the reason that you would abstain from intimacy, is to give yourselves to fasting and prayer. Well, my experience is most people don't fast very long. It's all right (laughs) to laugh. Uh, And so this means that you're not going long seasons of time if every everything is normal and, and and both are healthy, you're not going long seasons without intimacy. And the reason that this is important, Paul said, is because that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. So you see, sex can never be used as a weapon. I mean, it can be, but it should, it never, should never be. be. And... God gave the woman the power of sex. I'm not trying to be crude. Please, please know that. But a woman has the power to say yes or no. And those of you who are married know that that's usually not much of an issue with the man. But the woman has that power. And so women, one of the greatest ways you minister to your husbands is through sexual fulfillment. It was never intended to be a weapon or withheld as punishment. This is God's idea. It's not a dirty duty of marriage. This, we're told in Ephesians 5, represents the union of Christ and the church. And... uh, A good, healthy sex life is a key to marital happiness that closes the door to infidelity. And to the man, I would say, while we're on this subject, uh, we must be mindful of the atmosphere, the time, and the place. Men are different than women, obviously. And not just anatomically. But the whole attitude toward this is in many ways... Very, very different. And so we men have to make sure that we make the woman, our wife, we make sure that she is uh, secure, comfortable, and not in in a place where, uh, you know, she's, I don't know what the word would be, just totally. Uptight about everything. <laughs>
1: we don't want to be uptight. No. no, but it is such a wonderful thing that God invented. It was his plan and his purpose for his humans Amen. to come together. and uh, I can't remember the uh, the scripture. I think it's probably in maybe Hebrews, I'm not for sure, but where uh, you know your the Bible says to enjoy.
0: The wife of your youth—that's Proverbs.
1: Yes, and and so it is an in, it is an enjoyable thing that should never be neglected.
0: And Hebrews thirteen forty says the the bed is undefiled. Talking about marriage, the marriage bed is undefiled. So uh, it's it's there's nothing dirty about it, nothing unclean about it. And again, this is another thing that as your children get older and you you. Communicate with them about this issue. You, you, These are the things you need to communicate to them. Because I can tell you that uh, if they're getting their ideas about sex from TikTok and and social media and from you know movies that nobody should be watching anyway, oh, wow. they're going to get a warped and twisted uh, view of this, and it's going to affect them in a negative way. L- let's close with this. We're running over, and I need to close. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we need to close. But men need to learn the secret of ministering to their wives' uniqueness. No, uh, no two women are alike. Your wife is not somebody else and, you know, uh, alert, alert, she doesn't want to be somebody oh. else. You know, every man in here could show up Sunday with a navy blazer or a sport coat.
1: And some khaki pants.
0: And some khaki pants, and we'd just laugh it off and go, or we might take a group picture. <laughs> there are women who would come to a public place, and if another woman, just one other woman, had the very same thing on they had on, they would go home and change and come back. <laughs> Why is that? Men don't understand that. I haven't figured it out, but women are unique. And so, men, if you want to be successful in marriage, you've got to learn to minister to your wife's uniqueness. Don't ever make the mistake of saying, why can't you look like... Oh, no. (laughs) Or why don't you do like... And never, ever, you know, why don't you do like my mom did?
1: (laughs) That might get you murdered.
0: (laughs) You know... She's not your mom. She's not your mama. Amen. (laughs) So uh, uh, uniqueness is 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 a gift from God that He gives to every person, but it just seems that women treasure it more than men. (laughs) And so, men, you're wise if you learn to uh, minister to their uniqueness and don't try to remake them into your image. Amen.
1: Our job is to see to each other. That's right. To bring aid and comfort.
0: And, and men that won't take the lead and won't do their part. If you, know, if, you, if you determine, for instance, I'm going to let the wife take care of all the finances. Well, if she doesn't do a great job, and I'm not saying she won't, but if she makes a mistake, you don't have much of a right to say anything if you've delegated it all away. Uh, another little thing, you know, if, if you don't ever want to, to go and, and buy anything, then you'll have to wear what she brings home. You know, and and if, uh, I've seen some of that, and it's not always good, so go ahead.
1: We've got to quit. (laughs) It's time to quit. we preach the everlasting gospel.
0: Well, praise the Lord. So are you glad you came tonight, or are you mad at us? (laughs) Amen. If you're mad, you have to pray for us. Father, we thank you tonight for this congregation here, for all those who are watching, and those who will watch. We We believe, Lord, that the seeds of the word, the truths that we've shared tonight will find a lodging place. And that they will produce change where it's needed and will encourage us in areas that we're already in the right direction. We thank you, Lord, that the rest of this week will be the best of the week for all of us. I ask you, Lord, to give us wisdom, guidance, direction, protect us, and keep us. And Lord, when we gather on Sunday, I just believe you for a Holy Ghost explosion in the name of Jesus. Everybody said "Amen." amen. God bless you. Good night. See you Sunday.